Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Explore the Extraordinary podcast. My name is Betty Guadagno, and today I am joined by Paula. I had the pleasure of meeting Paula at the 2022 IONS conference in Salt Lake City, where she spoke, and she talked about her experience with the loss of her brother and the after-death communication that took place afterward. Paula's written a book about her experience, and she's such an eloquent speaker, and I'm so grateful that you were willing to be part of the podcast for IONS and continue to serve the community the way that you do. And so I'm going to turn it right over to you to tell your story. Thank you for being here. Thank you so much. I'm I'm really happy to be here. And uh, it's true, I do love sharing my story because, you know, the whole idea is to help others who have lost someone they love either you know, just very suddenly or even through long sickness, it's uh, it's always difficult to lose people. So, you know, my, my story and what happened um, actually uh, begins in 1983. And um, this year marks 37 years since my brother Don's transition uh, from his earthly life. And it wasn't until 2017 that I finally shared uh, my story with the world about living with my brother's spirit by publishing my book, Driving into Infinity, Living with My Brother's Spirit. And I, I felt compelled to finally write this book in 2017 as a way you know, to reach out to others who experience the same loss as our family did. So my my journey really begins when I was 29 years old, and I began having a recurring dream until the fall of 1983. And this dream that I had was always the same, and I was outside on these wide, expansive fields, and there were large crowds of people who were gathering there. And someone near me asked what was happening. And I replied that I had heard it was the end of the world. And everyone was looking up at the sky, and there appeared Jesus. And in the moment when that happened, I doubled over, almost falling down to the ground. I was experiencing the worst pain of my life, but it wasn't physical pain. It was this heartfelt suffering and agony beyond words. And as I doubled over in this dream, I kept saying, but it isn't supposed to be this way. I thought the end of the world was supposed to be joyous. And then the dream would suddenly end. And I had no idea what this dream meant. So fast forward now to Friday, October the 7th, 1983. And I was attending, this was in Houston, uh, the Greek festival uh, with many of my friends. And this event was held uh, every year. And my husband, Michael, planned to join us after lunch at this uh, celebration. 
But sooner than expected, I spotted Michael making his way through the crowds and into this in this crowded annex where we were. And I was really happy to see him there earlier than usual. And as I smiled and waved at him, uh, when he got closer, I saw his face and I knew that something was terribly wrong. I had never seen him look that way before. And when he finally did uh, catch up to me, he put his hands on my arms and looked straight into my eyes. And with a trembling voice, he told me, Donnie was killed in an accident this morning. And then his face just crumpled as he spoke the words. Now, Donnie, as I said, was my brother. And when he told me this, I just had this vision of the earth in front of me, just falling, 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 crashing down at my feet. And with that, I just slumped down almost to the ground, crying and screaming, no, no, no. And then it was that day that I understood what my recurring dream was conveying. Uh, because the setting in the dream, this reflected the Greek festival at this Greek Orthodox church where I was. And also my emotional reaction to the news of his death. And then prior, but prior to that, I'd never had a precognitive dream. But my feelings over this loss was, I was completely destroyed, as, as was, of course, my entire family. And, but the grief was just unbearable for me. I just didn't know how I was going to continue living. It was just so horrible. And, and I just didn't know a human being could cry so many tears for so long. But at the funeral, I remember thinking that how could I possibly go on living after this? Now, I have a younger sister, uh, but it wasn't the same because growing up with my brother, there were only four years difference with us, but there was 10 years difference um, in relation to my sister. But three days after my brother's funeral, Donnie came back to me uh, while I was driving his personal truck because he was killed in a company truck. And that day I was, as I said, driving his truck. I was going out to my grandparents' house, which was located just outside of Bryan, Texas, where I, we all grew up. And I, I was taking to my grandparents some of the funeral flowers and plants to them. And this trip takes about 10 or 15 minutes. Um, and halfway there, as I'm driving, suddenly I developed 360 degree vision. I could see everything around me while I was driving. And I had no idea what was happening to me. But at that moment, I became aware of someone at my right shoulder. And 
Then I saw that it was my brother, Donnie. And I could hear him speaking to me telepathically. Now, remember, I'm driving down the road and I'm seeing my brother at my right shoulder. And Donnie's body was made up of of what I can only call like a series of light points. Uh, And it kind of reminded me of, you know, the people who are transported away on Star Trek. That's, That's kind of the effect that it had. That's how it looked. And so my brother told me that he didn't want me to be sad, that he was happy. And most of all, he wanted me to know a little bit of what it was like for him now. And he explained to me, now remember, I'm driving and taking all this in, explained to me that he was on another plane of being and that it had simply been time for him to go. And at this point, I became aware that I was no longer in my body, but I existed only in a state of consciousness. And throughout this entire experience, my brother stayed with me. And uh, my entire focus was strictly on the feeling and knowing of infinity and eternity. And so with no body uh, restricting me, I felt that I was one with the universe which is essentially where I was with my brother, out in the middle of the universe. And I could see all the stars and everything. And I was feeling totally uh, one with peace during this time. And I felt that I was all knowledge. I was one with all knowledge in the universe. But most of all, I was one with this energy of love or spirit or God, whatever you want to call it. But uh, this is what is everything in the universe, God or this spirit. And I understood that this spirit, this love is the all-encompassing, caring, and creative element of the universe. And during this time, I also understood that there is no separation of anything or anyone from this all-encompassing spirit. All we have to do is open up to this spirit, allowing this, what I term like supreme consciousness, and love uh, into our life and into our own consciousness. And while I was in this state of being, I, I just loved being in this particular state of consciousness, this freedom. I didn't care one thing about going back to my body. I'm out in the middle of the universe with my brother. And This felt like the natural state of being for me. Um, 
I didn't have any desire to do anything else except to experience more of this state of being. It was home to me. And although I feel certain that um, Donnie communicated some other information to me during this time, I cannot recall all of it. And, and I believe that that, that was meant um, for me to, to not know all of that information because it was given to me to come into my knowledge as, as I went through the rest of my life. And I felt like that perhaps this knowledge that I wasn't privileged to right now was really about um, information for me about future events in my life. But as I desired to be even deeper into this experience, I suddenly began whooshing away very rapidly. I could hear the, the rushing sound around me. And within an instant of that happening, though, I felt my brother's energy or spirit pushing down on me, on my shoulder area associated with my physical form. And my brother Donnie said, no, you can't go yet. It's not your time. And with a feeling of what I felt like was a thud, I landed back into my physical body. And I just felt so happy and so at peace for the rest of that day. And it was just this state of being that was indescribable. And I, as I explained, I had been on my way to my grandparents' house to take them some flowers. And when I got there, after having this experience, I could see the deep sorrow and grief coming forth from my grandparents as they were talking about everything. And then I knew that this is how my brother saw us. He was seeing us, all this grief that we were having, and yet he was still alive. And so that was very, um, I guess, I don't know if rewarding is the right word, but it certainly did help me to understand better what I had just experienced. But I also had many other after-death communications from my brother and I'll say strange events too. Uh, but, but some of the, um, some of the outreach I had from my brother, uh, for example, I, one day I, I was coming out of um, my bedroom and as I came out of the bedroom, I was heading off toward the living room and suddenly I could see my brother in the living room there, but he wasn't looking at me. He was looking at the stereo cabinet, but in an instant, then he was gone. Also in our dining room, 
um, many times when I'd come home from work, I would find this one chair pulled out from the dining room table. And I asked my husband, I said, are you going into the dining room and, you know, doing something in there because I keep finding this chair pulled out? And he said, no, I'm, I haven't gone in there at all. But then I realized that this chair that was always pulled out was the one that my brother sat in a lot of times uh, the summer that he lived with us. Uh, because he and my husband would get in the dining room. They'd play this crazy electric football game in there <laughs> and scream and yell. And that was the chair that he used to sit in. Another time, now this, my husband and I were in our TV room together when this event happened. And we're just sitting there watching TV. And suddenly, from the topmost shelf of this bookcase, this book came flying out and landed on the floor right between us. And my husband and I both looked at each other like, what just happened here? Um, another time I came home and in the hallway, I saw this book lying in the hallway. And across from the book was a little built-in bookcase. and the book that had flown out clear across to the other wall. It was an old volume of an encyclopedia set. And I don't know, my husband had this. And um, so when I walked down the hallway and picked up the book, I saw that it was volume D from this old encyclopedia set. And of course, my brother's name was Don. Um, another day I came home from work and I started heading toward the bedroom. Now my husband wasn't home yet from work and I just stopped dead in my tracks because a chair had been placed right in the middle of the doorway leading into our master bedroom. Now there was, there's a, there was a desk and that chair was in our bedroom at this desk we had in there. Um, but again, I thought someone was in there in the house and I ran out into the yard and waited quite a while. But again, no one there. I went back and again, the only thing that could have happened was that my brother moved that chair there. Um, also, my dad and his wife at night, they would hear these, um, the microwave, the buttons being pushed on the microwave. And my dad said he knew it must have been my brother because um, Donnie used to go over to their house and eat with them. Um, my dad's wife would make big dinners and all of this. And um, they both said, you know, they were, they felt certain that it was my brother's spirit. And my mother also had, uh, she had an, she had a dream and the dream was this encounter with this deer. So in her dream, this deer walked up to her and my mother recognized that it was my brother. And she said, son, you need to come back to me. 
And the deer looked at her and said in my brother's voice, Mama, I can't come back. And she said it again, you need to come home to me. And again, the deer repeated the message to her. And she said at that point, the deer just turned around and slowly walked out of the dream. Another time, I believe my brother gave me guidance that really saved the lives of our family. Um, Because if it hadn't been for my brother telling me I needed to go and open the front door, this was at my dad's house around Christmas time, and it was very cold. But I, I just knew I had to go and open up the front door in the middle of the night. And I stayed on the floor there. Um, if we, if I hadn't done that, uh, we would have all died in that house from carbon monoxide poisoning because uh, all of us had started getting sick that night. And then the next morning, my dad went in and discovered that uh, this cover to the um, to the furnace had fallen off, and it was using up all the oxygen in the house. And again, if it hadn't been for this intuitive knowingness, this uh, direction to go and open the front door, we probably all would have died that night. And another really wild thing that happened to me uh, as a result of having experienced a lot of these things was um, I saw spontaneously this A friend of mine had, she came into these powers, these special healing powers. And the day that that happened, I saw this giant purple aura suddenly develop around her. And the, the aura was so strong that my eyes started watering. I couldn't control it. And I told this friend of mine what I was seeing. She had no idea what was happening. But when she left my office, then that all stopped. But as it turns out, not very long after that, she came into these healing powers and she became a healer. That became, she she left the world of business and became a healer for people. So uh, all of these after effects, I call them, you know, in terms of, having had this experience, I believe, with my brother out into the universe, you know, it changed my consciousness. And then I ended up with all these different kinds of uh, abilities. And, you know, for me, having to learn to integrate all of this into my life, and of course, my family uh, struggling with it, but you know, eventually it became that that what I knew what I needed to do was to share my story and to help others uh, have greater understanding of eternity and oneness in our lives. And this all came about from this experience, this out-of-body experience I had with my brother, which was such a gift. 
and and all these other miracles and and strange things that have happened that that I've lived through and you know eventually I I put together something to I want to say would help enhance for people our greater understanding of eternity and the oneness in our lives. And so I developed what's called this meld into spirit technique or mist. And it's a visualization, but it's, it's done while keeping your eyes open. And, um, and you can do it really wherever you are. And it, it's really about being the oneness of spirit or the universal energy of love. So I'm going to just briefly go through this process. Uh, this information can be found on my website too, but um, it's think. I would like for people to think of this process as though you are viewing something using a microscope, um, you know, really getting down to the basics and, and embracing this. So I'm going to just go ahead and go through uh, the meld into spirit technique. Now in your mind's eye, Imagine and see everything around you blurring and blending together. There are no more edges to anything. Everything is becoming all the same white light particles of light floating and merging. Now imagine the light expanding beyond the earth further and further out, out into the entire infinite universe, encompassing all. Everything becomes the light and on out into infinity. As this process continues, feel how easy it is to let go of all judgment of people of issues, of life. It all falls away, released easily and completely. And when we feel through our heart completely free, then we easily experience being the oneness, being one with the universal consciousness of spirit of the all that is, just relax into that supportive, loving feeling. There's no separation of anything. You are safe, you are loved, and left behind are any human earthly worries. We are now completely one with the love, the light, the universal consciousness, as are all things. Feel the freedom. Feel the wholeness. 
the peace that passes all understanding. No separation of anything. This is home. The all that is. All is well. Always has been. And always will be. In the space of oneness. And again, you can find that on my website in the blog. Thanks so much, Paula. You know, I realize the more episodes of the podcast that I'm doing, the more I literally feel like I'm going to float out of my body when I'm so connected and present with somebody sharing their sacred experiences. So I got to work on, I have, I'll have to eat like a beet salad before I do these interviews moving forward because yeah, your story, it just lifted me up so much. And and a lot came up for me while you were sharing. And, and thank you so much for introducing your technique to the IONS community. And I love MIST. Oh my, I love acronyms. I, I obviously we do at IONS as well. But yeah, oh goodness, it's so great. So I'm curious, you're talking about, you know, like these really intense spiritual experiences were you spiritual before this, before the death of your brother? Did you have like spirituality in your life? Is this something that you knew could happen or existed? You know, um, I grew up in the, as a Baptist and, you know, our family did go to church. I went to Sunday school and, um, and, you know, I, I enjoyed all of that and, and learning uh, about the Bible, but um, you know, once, once I was grown, I mean, I still went to church, but the way that I viewed all of that, it was like, okay, this is over here. Um, you know, the religion and how you're supposed to think about things. And, and then over here is my workday life. and um you know, and of course I was, I was grateful for the good life that I had. And, and of course we still went to church, although, you know, not all the time, but I was fully aware of spirituality, I'll say. But when I had this event happen, it just completely blew open, I'll say, my complete understanding of the oneness being the oneness you know way beyond just thinking in terms of well here i am a human and and i think about jesus and you know at church and then the rest of the week you know life goes on you do what you need to do but after I had this experience with my brother, this change of consciousness and complete, completely different understanding of this oneness of spirit and what that is, what it really is. And being that, because when I was out in the middle of the universe, I was all one with that oneness of spirit. And it was completely consciousness changing. I mean, and it's really hard to describe that. Um, I don't know. The only way I can think to say it is, you know, once I experienced it, 
because it wasn't about just being in my head and in my mind or even just, you know, how I would feel when I would pray. It was an all-inclusive, complete change of understanding. Um, and it, it's it's what I, you know, tried to hopefully convey some of through my book and, and even through my speaking about that. But I think that it's still difficult for most people to achieve a state that that fully is able to encompass, I'll say, what, what that oneness, being the oneness with God or spirit, whatever you want to call it, is. That kind of leads into another question that I have. So you had this oneness experience. I think it's very kind of, it's a little bit easier to change your perception of the world when you have a transformative spiritual experience, but your parents didn't have that experience. Your grandparents that you were going to see, your sister, the other people that were really affected by the grief. So I'm curious if you can share a little bit about their process or how you told them about what you were experiencing, did they believe you? Were they skeptical? Well, first of all, um, I didn't really talk about this experience that I'd had, um, uh, you know, being out of body with my brother. I think eventually I told my sister and, and probably my mom, um, but you know, this just wasn't a side of my life that I talked about or shared. And again, because I was in the world of business, you know, I worked all my life and I just didn't want people to think that I was crazy. So I spent years not sharing this experience. And, you know, really, I retired in 2016. And once I retired, it was just like suddenly I knew that it was time to share my story with people. It just, it just became, that's the thing I need to do now. And, and, you know, I believe I was guided all along this path to wait until that time frame. And so once I retired, I sat down at the computer and just started writing, writing my book and telling, just telling everything. Because at that point, I just said, you know what, I don't care what people think. If they want to think I'm crazy, if they don't know who I am by now, well, I can't help that. You know, this is who I am. And I will tell you this by finally sharing my story out there for the whole world, I became uh, suddenly an authentic person, I will say, because I wasn't hiding that side of who I am anymore. And that was just a miraculous feeling in and of itself, to be suddenly talking about this, sharing writing this book and sharing everything, I just, the satisfaction about that is just authenticity. You know, I'm not hiding any of that anymore. 
Oh, I feel it as you're speaking it. Thank you so much for sharing. And I think that that's an issue that might come up for a lot of people sort of going into this spiritual closet for fear of being institutionalized, being labeled crazy. And I really think that, you know, as we come out and we share about our spiritual experiences in a very brave and authentic way, we allow other people permission to also share about their experiences. Have you had experiences like that, especially now that you've come out and you've been talking about it? Have, have you have you found that people just come up to you and they're like, oh, my goodness, me too. Or, you know, yeah, tell me what that experience is like. Yeah, I have had people at various events uh, come up and talk with me about that. Uh, but, you know, the other difference, too, is, you know, um, I eventually learned about this uh, um, organization called International Association of Near-Death Studies, IANS. And once I found out about that, that was a whole um, community, if you want to call it that, of people who had ex- are experiencers of various kinds of things like I've had. and. It was, that in and of itself, discovering IANS was life-changing because, again, being able to share my story and then hear others sharing what happened to them, whatever that might be, and becoming part of that organization was was also just very freeing. Uh, But again, I didn't, I didn't get into that organization until I retired and found out about them. And again, I've spoken at gatherings about for IANS at some of their conferences about my experience and what that's led to down the line. Um, so it's, it's, it's wonderful that at this stage, uh, I'm a totally different person than at the time I had the experience, you know, with my brother, not having to uh, hide that side of me and what, what I knew and what I had experienced. So it's a wonderful change <laughs> to, um, to not have to be uh, keeping all that under wraps because now I feel like, you know, my, uh, calling is to reach out and help others know about this, what happened to me with my brother, because you can't tell probably how many other people are out there who've had some kind of experience with those who have crossed over and who, you know, perhaps still haven't shared uh, what they know or what they've experienced. Wow. Yes, absolutely. Some other stuff that came up for me while you were speaking, you know, you said that it was three days after the funeral that this experience happened. Is that right? Yeah. So yeah, the number, that number in my mind, I'm like, oh, resurrection, three days. It's very significant. So I just wanted to sort of point out that that's where my mind went when you had shared that. Also, you shared that it's been, this will be year 37 since your brother's passing. And I'm curious, I know that you had this very profound experience right when everything happened and you shared about some of the experiences after, but does he still come to you in a pronounced way? 
you know, he still shows up in ways like, um, <laughs> let me just say this about my brother and I, our relationship. You know, he was always a trickster. We were always playing tricks on each other when we were growing up. And uh, so, and he, he was always really funny, could entertain everybody. <laughs> That's how he was, his personality. And so that's what comes through to me when my brother, I'll say, does things. (laughs) Um, Not too very long ago here in this very office where I'm sitting, um, you know, I'm I'm just (laughs) sitting here at my desk. It's quiet. Nobody else was in the house. And all of a sudden, this book comes flying out from the topmost shelf of this one of the two bookcases that is that's across from uh, my desk where I sit and that book flew toward the window now I'm sitting here very quietly at my computer like I am right now and that that happened you know the book comes flying out it hits the window or the blinds on the window and I jumped about two feet out of my chair because it was just so quiet and I was not paying any attention other than looking at the screen here. And I stood up and I yelled across the desk. I said, cut it out, Donnie. I know that's you. <laughs> you know, I'm I'm sure he was laughing on the other side because that's the kind of relationship he and I had, you know, just uh, funny and close and stuff he did. So. There are still things that happen like that. And just here and there. I mean, it doesn't happen all the time by any stretch of the imagination. But, um, you know, sometimes something will be out of place. And it's like just a sign that he wants me to know um, that he can still be around. And um, but again, you know, he's where he he is supposed to be. And he has the ability to, I'll say, check in here and there. And I find that comforting, you know. I feel like he does that because he understands the link that he and I had here in this lifetime. And uh, and it's his way of helping, I'll say, fill that, that gap that, um, you know, be, that is between us now. And just as a reminder of of his personality and how we how we could be together you know craziness and just all this and um so yeah he still checks in but he's definitely not an earthbound ghost gotcha yeah and yeah i find the whole concept of after death communication, so comforting. And, uh, you know, like there's this Wayne Dyer has a quote, when I believe it, I'll see it. And I love that. And so it now I have adopted a belief of after death communication since having my own spiritual experiences. And I receive communication because I am open to it. I believe it. Because, you know, I hear a lot of skeptics. In fact, today, my partner and I were talking about how skeptical he is about things like this. And and I thought, well, of course, you're going to you're not going to experience it because you don't believe that it's something that you can experience. And so that shift for me, do you have after death communication with other loved ones that have passed away? 
No, um, I have not. And, um, and of course, my dad has passed uh, and my grandparents. But but no, I haven't really had that kind of uh, communication with them. When you back into like the theory of oneness, you know, like it's kind of all connected anyway, and it could come back through you as your brother because everything kind of melds back into one. Yes. And, um, you know, I appreciate the fact that he's still around and can reach out to me Uh, again. It in no way means that he's earthbound here or anything he just has that ability as i'm sure most spirits do um but it's just a question of are can you be open to that that that's possible um and i'm sure some people choose to think well she's just imagining that or whatever but it doesn't matter to me what people think now I mean I know what is the truth and these are not just imaginings and so that's why I'm doing what I'm doing (laughs) yes I love that and I think that when when living in your authentic self you're not concerned with what other people think and also there's just too many mirrored experiences for me to live in a state of disbelief. Like how could all of these people from all of these different backgrounds, ages, cultures, they're all having mirrored experiences. For me, that's kind of, that's like the proof for, for me anyway. So I want to thank you so much for being here and and your authenticity, your vulnerability and sharing with the audience today, your amazing testimony. And I just want to see if there's anything else that you'd like to share to feel more complete about our time together. Well, if people are interested in, I guess, finding out a little more, they they can visit my website. They just need, you know, it's www.paulalinsauthor.com. And, uh, you know, they might find some additional information there that might be helpful to them. <laughs> and, um, and of course, you know, my book goes into all the specifics of the things that have happened, uh, much more so than what I can go into here. and. You know, I feel that if people are struggling or they are curious and they want to know more, um, you know, I think that that's where my book can really help because there's so much more there that I've obviously related than I can in, in some of the podcasts that I do. So, yeah, it would, I think it would be helpful. That's great. And we'll have all the links in the show notes for this episode. And I just want to thank you again so much for coming on and being part of the community and giving back. Thank you for having me on the show. It's great. Thanks. All right. Be wavy.